Hi, this is Dan Corver, uh, pastor here at Dalton Hill Baptist Church. <clears throat> we're a small Baptist church located in Owasso, Oklahoma. We're small enough to know you, but we're big enough to serve you and for you to serve as well. Our vision is to rescue, restore, and return to service. Rescue a non-believer or a believer who has been hurt or is lost. Restoring them to Christ in fellowship with other believers with the desire that they in turn will help others along their way. Ten years ago, remember, we started off with the Charlie Brown tree, you remember, we had the little tree that looked, and uh, each one of you, we used the letters of Christmas, and we were telling what all the Lord was thankful for. Uh, we also then, if you remember, I'm just kind of going through some of the Christmases and uh, stuff that we've done. We had the cost of Christmas, you remember, we looked at what it cost God and Joseph, uh, what it cost Mary, obviously it cost him greatly, what it cost Christ, the shepherds. Uh, Think of the wise men too, just the journey that they took and everything else and the tremendous cost that it cost them. Uh, we also, if you remember, we I think it was six years ago we did Where is He Who is Born King of the Jews? If you think about it, uh, the wise men came and they asked, the religious leaders knew, but who came? The religious leaders didn't come to check out Christ or anything else other than later trying to kill him. But uh, it's amazing, uh, what do we do with the who is born king of the Jews, too? We were looking at that. Uh, we also then, if it was in, in uh, 2016, uh, I was asked to do a funeral. Some of you might have remembered. I was asked to do Paula Walker's husband's funeral, Jimmy. And so anyway, I was getting right at Christmas time. It would have been, like I said, uh, six years ago, seven years ago. And anyway... I was thinking about it. Well, she loves jewelry. She loves all this you know, fingernails and all this stuff and wears all these bracelets. And Jesse contacted Jill, which I didn't know Jill from anyone else, but Jill is the founder of Rustica. And contacted her privately and just told her about Walker and having uh, Paula and having lost her husband. And they were uh, had lost a lot of other things too, uh, animals and stuff. So... It went out, I guess, on Facebook to Rustikov people, and se- about seven different bracelets. People from all over the United States who have Rustikov collection sent to Paula from their personal collection, saying, "You need this bracelet more than I do." Started doing this re-gifting, and at the funeral, she had all seven of them lined up on our arms. She was so proud of those bracelets. But it's amazing, you know, thinking about it, re-gift. Those ladies, when they bought it, they bought it for themselves. But they hear a story and they think, hey, she needs it more. And one of them in particular, I'll never forget reading it. And this is what is actually said on the bracelet. Fall down seven times, get up eight times. And I think that would be true for a lot. And it meant a great, great deal to her. So today I like just to think about it. One is that of gifts one of re-gifts, and then one of decorations. And so I want to think about that, just some of the gifts. You stop and you think about it, and uh, that's what your list is for, your other sheep. One is some of the gifts that God's given you, or others have given you, that you're thankful for. And I'll just give you some, and then like you said, it's open up. You never know when you do this. sermon could be ended in five minutes, or it could go a little longer. You just never know. Oh, yeah, I think of some of the gifts because I think so often we are 
uh, like the nine lepers that don't thank the Lord for so many gifts were given. But think about one is that if you know you stop and think about what about love? For God so loved what He gave. I mean, that's tremendous love. What about grace? For by grace are ye saved. You know, unmerited favor. We don't deserve. Just amazing. The grace that we've been... And it's not just grace. How many times have we been given grace over and over and over again? It's over the time. If I think about light, you know, you think about it. In John chapter 8 and verse 12, Christ says, I am the light of the world. Then what does it say? What gives light to shine in the darkness? You know, how many sort of stop and thank the Lord for the light that He's given us to shine the light? It can be lighted through the Word of God, the light through the Holy Spirit, the light through other people, but the light that He's given us to help us in a very dark world. And I think the light, you know, and uh, the disciples, then another one besides those gifts, another one is that of service. You remember the disciples were arguing who's the greatest? Jesus in Mark 10.45 said the Son of Man did not come to serve but to uh, to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Um, Hebrews 4 after what's Christ doing now? It says he's standing at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I so that you and I may receive grace and mercy. How many of you think his job stops? He's still serving. He's still serving. And you and I are supposed to be doing the same thing. Just all these gifts we have. What about, uh, you think about if you're on the cross, what did you, one of his last seven statements, Father, for what? But they don't know what to do. If they were doing that to you, what would you do? Father Zappel? I mean, you know, you know, you think about it. It's amazing. Just the forgiveness. Uh, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. It's the forgiveness. The restoration of fellowship. And then his attitude, you know, it says, don't, you know, have this in uh, Philippians 2, have this attitude in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Don't just think of your own, but think of others. So those are just some of the gifts that I was thinking of uh, that we've been given. But what are some gifts that you've been given this year, last 20 years, that you're thankful for, that you'd like? It may be a real short sermon. We'll see. <laughs> what are some? Yes. Health. give you one way to think about it. How many of you ever thankful for things that you hate? When I was in college in 1974 in the fall, I had to take a speech class and I can't stand to be in front of you. I absolutely can't stand especially then. And in speech class we had to do impromptu speeches. So you get up in front of class, you don't know what this, you stand up and then all of a sudden the teacher tells you what you're going to speak of. 
standing up there shaking like a leaf, and he said, I want you to, what are you looking for in a wife? I then gave a description. Jane's roommate goes back and says, I found somebody who gave a perfect description of you, and that's how she and I got introduced. <laughs> See, you never know. You do something you hate to do, and it turned out pretty well. <laughs> who else? Anybody else with gifts? Yeah. Yes. I have two men in my life that have really been a blessing to me, and the first one is my dad. He passed away when I was eight plus, but he's the one that started me. I did, saw to it that I had piano lessons, and that was just, you know, how kids are. They just kind of do their best, but it sounds terrible. And one of my best memories is he was standing behind me at the old upright piano with his hands on my shoulders and he said, Francie, it sounds great. And he sang. And that was, you know, that was such an encouragement. Well, when we started dating, this doesn't sound real romantic, but how we would spend a lot of our dates, we'd be, uh, I'd be at mom's old upright piano and Bill would be standing behind me and he'd be singing. So I appreciate how the Lord put both of those men in my life um, to be a blessing. That's great. Yeah. <coughs> I'm excited. I didn't ever realize that it would even be a possibility for our son to move here to us, but boy, they sure have. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the prayer, you know, wanting to get the family close together. And, uh, so, Glenn's mom, everything, everybody being close. That's yes, Cleo? Oh, we're thankful for our children and grandchildren. We have to spend time having the function to the perfect family. Yeah. Who else? Yes. I'd like to thank the Lord for my wife. This has been a year of hell struggle for me all year long, and just kind of returned a little bit now. She's been a, a real help making me and an encouragement to me. Okay. Yes, Phil. Finding God to give for you and I can Okay. Yes. Missionaries, because they do something I could not do. I could not just go. I don't think. <laughs> okay. For missionaries, very much so. But with people needing people at home, they wouldn't be going to. Go ahead, Glenn. Well, I was just thinking God's financial provision. You know, I was looking kind of back, a backward look of the Dalton Hill finances recently. We are in so much better financial shape than we were when we were considering that other building and we talked about Water's Edge and all right. that. And I was just really marveling. You know, it's been a wild you know, pandemic season and yet God's faithful provision has been there. Right. Very much so. Very much so. Okay, the second one, that of re-gift. You stop and you uh, think of the re-gift and uh, obviously... We already said the one gift, you know, obviously Christ gave us was love, but what did he 
tell us in John 13? Did he, <clears throat> you know, did he tell us to love others? By this shall only know my you are my disciples. What? If you have love one for another. Uh, but I think it's interesting, the verse before, I think we often forget in 33, <clears throat> we're supposed to love one another as what? Christ loved us. <laughs> well, how many of us have got there? <laughs> we got along. You know, you stop and think about it because I think a lot of it we we make it strings attached. But it's a re gift. Who can we love? And that's also on your sheet the gifts you put down. But as you go through, who might need them? I'm not taking them up, okay? I'm not going to take them up. But who might need a gift from you? A gift that you've been given. <coughs> how can I give this gift? When should I give it? And to whom should I give it? And I think a lot of times, the Lord will show you if you just open up. But obviously one is that of love. Another one is that of grace. You think about it in Colossians 4 and verse 6. Let your speech be seasoned with grace and with salt so you know how to respond to each individual. Each individual is unique. Uh, and we have to do it. A lot of times we say, well, they don't deserve it. Well, that's precisely the point. That's what makes it grace. But then with salt, the right moment, the right time, is it preserving, is doing things. Uh, we also have that of light. Let your light so shine before men in Matthew 5 that they may glorify who? Your Father who is in heaven. And so I think, is my light shining to bring glory to me? Or is my light shining with Christ shining in me that they see Father, and they recognize you're a believer, and they recognize it when you turn it to Him. And who needs light? There's a lot of people that need light today. Yeah, service, the same thing. You know, in the same passage in Mark 10, what did it say earlier? The greatest among you is he who does what? Who serves. I think I'm going to never forget a statement I was given many years ago, and the person was asked, Well, how do you know when you. are really serving or, or doing whatever and he says when somebody treats you as a servant how do you respond and I think often when somebody treats us as a servant we get mad that shows our real, our real heart a lot of times because uh, we do things for other people serve we don't like to be treated like a servant but so often that does happen and so I think it's important but again who might need our service Somebody out there might need their service. Obviously, I think it's uh, you see it a lot with the grand uh, with grandmothers and mothers and everything else. I mean, they're serving the kids nonstop, but we can do that for others as well. Forgiveness, you know, we do the Lord's prayer, and what does it say? Father, forgive our debts as we what? How many of you really want that? I'm serious. Because I think a lot of times we don't forget, or I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget, and I'll never do a lot of other things. Is that the way we want the Father to remember us? And so I think forgiveness is really something we almost make people grovel, and they grovel to a certain extent long enough for whatever it might be. All right, now you've done enough, okay, I'll, I'll do whatever. You have the same thing in Ephesians 4, you know, in verse 34 tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ. Jesus has forgiven you. And that's amazing. You stop and think with Peter. Peter denied him how many times? 
then notice what did he say in John 21? Tend my sheep. The most precious possession Christ has is his sheep. And he turns them over to Peter's care. And I think it shows tremendous. Uh, what about the attitude you have? You think about it. You have the same thing in, the, in our attitude. Yeah. What kind of attitude do we have? Do we have an attitude of forgiveness? Do we have an attitude of considering other people more important and helping them? And uh, I think it's uh, really important. So think about it. What gift have you been given that you can give somebody else? And who and how can you do it? Do you know of anybody that needs a gift from you? You know, there's people all around us that need an encouraging word, that need of whatever it might be, that need forgiveness, that need a helping hand, that need all these things. And uh, you never know. This last week I had a doorbell ring and after surgery and go to the door and there's this nice yellow smiley face with a bunch of flowers in it. That really meant a lot. And on there it had Luke chapter 1. And basically with nothing, you know, with God nothing is impossible. Uh, totally unexpected. But it was a gift that somebody had given. And so uh, I think it's important, you know, you don't know just how that can help. Uh, yes, guys, block flowers too. Don't let them tell you they don't. Okay. But think about the uh, the gifts. What gift have I been given? But what gift or re-gift can I give? I think what happens is that's what makes it attractive. Churches attractive. People go with their love. We start giving and giving what God's given us. People will come. It doesn't matter. You know, so often I know it's important to have the right location and have all these things, and you want to have. But people will go whether love and whether their needs are being met. And I think it's important if we do that. The Lord will take care of the other parts. The last part is that of decorations. We do a lot of decorations. Obviously, I have customers that put up Christmas lights. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to get them down this year. <laughs> I got six of them up and on the houses and stuff. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to get up on a ladder to get them down, but we'll see. You're not. They may be up there. <laughs> they, may, ready for next they may be yeah. up there. Oh, they're ready for next year. Well, they can unplug them. They don't have to leave them on. That's true. But in John chapter, uh, I mean Daniel chapter 12, it's an interesting passage. I'll just read it for you because I've always been amazed by it. Right at the end of uh, Daniel's life and when the Lord is speaking uh, to him, he makes this statement. We're talking about decorations. In chapter <clears throat> Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3, those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. Those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So you and I, we've been going through what the Word of God says and what everything else says. The more and more you know about the Word of God, you can be a star to shine brightly to others who don't know the truth. Obviously, then you need to be giving light for that to take place. But with decorations, we have all the decorations. We put them up every year. You have all the different ones and I had one customer that had 23 Christmas trees in every single room, a different Christmas tree. You know, they had an entire building. I had to carry them out, an entire building that just had decorations. So you bring them all out in November, and then in January, you'd haul them all back into the decorations. But I think it's important. Are we a star? 
or do I desire to be a star? But in order to light up, you have to have a source. It has to be plugged in. You aren't going to do it on your own. I think another one, like you said, in another decoration is that of the lights. You know, obviously in Matthew chapter 5, uh, the different lights. Uh, we now have LED lights, so instead of only being able to plug in three, you know, I can plug in 20-some cords together. That's always nice. It doesn't take as much power, but it lights very brightly. But again, how many of us are lighting brightly for the Lord? Are we really a decoration that He looks down and we will see? Do people drive by our house or by our church to see the bright lights of the Lord shining? And I think it's important to ask. You also have all the different crowns. You think of all the crowns in Scripture, and there's a lot more than just the ones listed, but you have the crown of life. You remember in John chapter, or excuse me, James 1 and verse 12, those who are willing to give their life and suffer, the crown of life, which they have for eternity, the crown of righteousness, who God promises to all those who long for His appearing. Why would it be called a crown of righteousness? If I want Christ to come back today, what am I really asking for? Because if, if the rapture takes place today, where do you and I go? The judgment seat of Christ. So if I say, Christ, I want you to rapture me today, what we're really saying is what? I'm ready to stand before you. That's probably why it's called the crown of righteousness. I'm living the way I should be, Lord, and I'm willing for you to come and take me right now. And again, it's a great decoration when people are living the way they should. You know, there's another one, the crown of joy. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19, when you lead people to Christ, no matter, you look at the ones who have suffered so much, leading someone to Christ, there's one of the greatest joys you'll have. Crown of joy. leading. When you see that light bulb come on, or you're teaching, or anything else, anyone who's ever taught, you'll, you'll see that. You'll be struggling and all of a sudden you go over something with a kid over and over and over again and all of a sudden you can see it in their eyes. A light bulb goes on and it then encourages you for a long time. Just that one light bulb that came on. And so, again, how many of us are kind of joy? Do we really look at what... we got something eternal. We might have given up something temporal. But we got something to show the Lord about living, you know, that I had a part in their salvation. You also have the crown of glory. You know, in 1 Peter 5 and verse 4, it says when you are humbly serving somebody, you can get a crown of glory. If you are serving people, there's not a lot of glory in serving people. And I think that's the reason why it's called the crown of glory, because there isn't when you're serving people. But without all the different service, it's amazing we don't get things done. So think about it. He also had the different robes, the high mason robe, which is promised to a church saint. He had the stoly robe in Revelation, promised to the uh, tribulational saint. The foundation stones, if you remember the 12 apostles, are probably, it says in, the, in Revelation 21, the foundation stones are after the 12 apostles. Throughout eternity, you think about the New Jerusalem, there's going to be a foundation stone, Peter. Jane throughout eternity. So I think it's important when we think of decorations. Yeah, our life may be going, but what type of thing are we leaving behind that's going to be there for eternity for people to see? And so I think that's what's important, just your gifts, the 
you've been given. Thank the Lord for. Well, what re-gifts can I give people? And then what decorations do I want to put up? How many of you are putting up less than you used to put up? I understand. We didn't do a Christmas tree this year. It just things just you know after used to have a lot of it, but we just don't have that enough. You know, still have the decorations. But what decorations are we, are we putting up? So think about it. What can you and I do? So gift, re-gift, and then also to decorate. Most of the time, people decorate for who? Themselves. Themselves, or so everybody else can see. You know, one neighbor does it, another, and they get in this competition, and uh, you know they even had it on the radio. The so-and-so has one million lights, and next year one has 1.1 million lights, and they go back and forth as to how many lights they have. Now they got 3.2 million lights up. You know, it's just amazing. Uh, and a lot of time. Beautiful to look at. But again, I want eternal decorations. Love the ones that are temporal, but the eternal ones. We'd love for you to come and visit with us and fellowship with us. We're located at 8263 North Owasso Expressway, which is on the east side of Highway 169 North, between 76th and 86th Street North. We have coffee and fellowship from 8.30 to 9 Sundays, followed by Sunday school for all ages from 9 to 9.45, and our Sunday morning worship service is from 10 to 11. We likewise have a Wednesday night service for all ages from 7 to 8. Thank you.